So there's a lot of efforts to begin to automate components of that documentation process. And in some cases, I think in many cases, the providers, they don't even care about billing more. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to be home with their families oh, by absolutely. six o'clock, you know, and be done for the night and actually survive to the next day versus getting back on and staying up to eight or nine or 10 or 11, trying to like document the previous day's work. Hey, welcome to the Consultant on the Coach podcast. I'm here with my good buddy, Josh. Hey, everybody. And today it's all about onshore, offshore and bots. Absolutely. It's good stuff. 2022. Here we go. Transformers. I was going to sing that in just a second. You can sing that. Transformers, my goodness. More than meets the... Anyway, keep going. Bring me back, Josh. What's our Bible verse for the day, man? Absolutely. Yeah, no, as we are talking about automation and transformation of the workforce in 2022, helping leaders along that journey, uh, we thought script Proverbs 21.15, while automation isn't specifically in the Bible, we thought um, the verse that... I think we might have referenced this before, but the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit, but anyone who is reckless certainly becomes poor, Proverbs 21, 15. And so for those of us, uh, or those of you listening out there, um, we've um, been basically trying to help folks think through what their businesses look like. And one of the big things going on right now in 2022 is the need to think about your business and how you deliver value and how basically your business processes meet the market in a way that's cost effective, right? We all know there's pressure around supply chain. We know there's pressure around um, cost of employees. Um, and oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. So just being thoughtful and diligent in scripture is, is biblical. And so I think there's something to that. And so one, one aspect of that is we talk about how you basically deliver that value through the costs of your employees, be it onshore, offshore, mm-hmm. or in many cases now, this, uh, automation opportunity that, uh, many companies are embracing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that really opened, I mean, we've all known for decades, if not longer, Mm -hmm. there has been offshoring of a lot of items, you know, Mm -hmm. where are all of our kids' toys made? Mm -hmm. Typically China or somewhere in the East. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and well, we all know you you call the 1-800 number and you're going to get a customer service person, typically with some sort of accent. I, you know... It's either in the Philippines or India or mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with our with my primary business, which is a medical supply business, we have uh, as of today somewhere between sixty five and seventy full time employees. But of those, nineteen of them mm-hmm. are in Philippines. I say Manila, but it's not Manila. It's all, all around. And we first kind of waded into it about two and a half years ago. We just flat out had to. There was no way around it. And back then we were raising our base wage uh, from pretty much $13 an hour up to $15 an hour. But what threw us in that loop was insurance companies dropped our reimbursement. And then they added things like we had to call and verify insurance. And we had to do all this rudimentary rudimentary paperwork. Mm -hmm. Well, I couldn't drop my reimbursement and do all this stuff stuff and pay someone $15 an hour. It mm-hmm. literally, the math did not add up. Right. So we hired one, then two, and now we have 19. Yeah, It's it's really, really nice. And we have not dropped our U.S. workforce. So it's one of those things we decided to grow. And what happened pretty much is we, we've kept our employment the same, but for every one U.S. worker we hired, we brought on two offsite mm-hmm. team members is what we call them. Sure. And I think we'll talk more about your experience as we go, mm-hmm. go on today. I think 
couple of um, examples that came to mind for me when I was thinking about this podcast. One is an old story by uh, that I've heard about the economist Milton Friedman, who, um, as you know, kind of um, very well known for his perspective on um, economics and in particular just uh, markets, market-driven economics. And there was a story when he was actually, I believe it was in China, and was talking to them about some of their central planning concepts, which obviously in many ways he probably didn't fully agree with. But he was talking to them. He was out there observing um, a some sort of construction project or whatever. And there was a, a line of workers using shovels to move the earth. And he says to them, why don't you... You're smiling. Have you heard this story? Uh, yeah. a, a version of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. He's he's a, the, the, why, why aren't you using machinery? Mm-hmm. Right? And they say, well, we're trying to create jobs. And so then his response is, then why don't you just give them a spoon <laughs> instead of a shovel? Mm-hmm. In other words, I think when I think about bots and... Is it's really all about what is technology enabling, right? Oh, technology enables us to go from the spoon to the shovel. Technology enables us to go from the shovel to the wheelbarrow, mm-hmm. right? From the wheelbarrow, you get something even more, you know, maybe with the horse, right? And, and then maybe you get something more automated, like a, a vehicle, and then you get an earth mover, and then you get the internet, which allows you to do the offshoring you're doing. And now that the technology has advanced, that bots are simply the next version of that. So every business person out there, if you're not assessing where in your company you can automate and with what type of technology, you are already behind. Like you have to begin mm-hmm. incorporating this. This is a 2022 problem for everyone. Oh, absolutely. And it's only going to go more in this direction. It's now, only going in this Do you direction. mind if I jump to the philosophical question that is probably into a lot of people's heads? Go for it. What about the jobs? Yeah, absolutely. So well, that gets to my second conversation is I've been working with a couple of clients actually in the past year on automation, mm-hmm. right? And this is a top of mind issue. And, and depending on your business, and certainly every business is going to have nuances, there's a couple of things to think about. Um, automation, uh, I would say primarily in a lot of organizations, there is so much to be done and so many processes to follow. It's not as black and white. In fact, I think it's naive to think, oh, I implement automation, it costs me jobs. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. In many cases, it makes people happier for a couple of reasons. One is you're actually taking off their plate the most mundane, repeatable tasks that actually turn the people into bots instead of the people into creative beings. So we would say, you know, as people of faith, that God has created people to be more creative. It Absolutely. moves them to a higher functioning task. I think the reason for that is, and this is, I'm not an expert, so take it for what it's worth. I think the reason for that is so many times in businesses, and we'll talk about this more too, we sacrifice the uh, the important for the urgent. Absolutely. And the urgent is those menial tasks. The urgent mm-hmm. is the check the box, check the box, check the box, because it has to happen right now. And for yeah. my business, the very first thing that we offshored yeah. uh, was incoming faxes. Yeah. At the end of every day, we would stay in our business for typically one to two hours, and we would manually input all the faxes. Right. It was such a mundane task. But if you came to our store, we had to get Josh's name, Josh's date of birth, Josh, and all of that had to get into our computer system. I offshore that, and we 
created a position called the Fax Wrangler. They they just put all the stuff in. Mm-hmm. And my team members are like, oh, we're going to lose our job. No, you're not. You're actually, do you like doing it? No, I, don't, I hate inputting faxes. Yeah. So they got to make more sales calls. Right. So they just, all they need to do now is your fax comes across. It's magically entered by one of our offsite team members. And then they let us know, hey, call Josh. So then they call you mm-hmm. and they get to do what they want. Hey, Josh, here's your benefit. Can we take care of you? So now here's another philosophical question for yeah. you. If we're helping out your team, your onshore team, mm-hmm. be more creative, do more of what they're designed to do, but you're giving that to someone also who's offshore, how yes. much is that creating then passing that buck of mundane tasks and bot-like stuff off to someone else overseas who, who we don't want to treat as any less human or any oh, less, absolutely. less of a so person? So then you have to ask, if they were not working for us, what would they be doing? Mm-hmm. And I, I asked that question. And, and what they were doing is during business hours, they were hopping on a bus for an hour to go into Manila, working at a call center for eight and a half hours, and then coming back. So what we were able to do is allow them to work from home uh, during our hours. Mm-hmm. And we paid them more with health care. So we allowed them to cut out the two hours. Mm-hmm. And basically, we have a lot of moms. They are allowed to stay home with their kids. Right. So they're, they're making more mm-hmm. in proportion. Yep. And they have more freedom. So it wins for them and it wins for us. And that's right. in a perfect world. You know, let's just expectations are different. So, right. so it, it, in a perfect world, it's a win-win-win. Yeah. No, and I would say it's the same thing. With automation and the clients I've worked with on mm-hmm. on implementing bots, is it is it finds those repeatable mundane tasks um, that can be automated in such that you it is not happening so fast and it's not happening in such magnitude that you turn on bots and all of a sudden you cut a bunch of employees. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody could probably find a story out there where I'm wrong. But in those clients I've seen and in the research I've done, it's not happening that quickly or at that magnitude, right? And it's allowing the staff you do have, a couple of things, it's allowing the staff you do have to operate at a higher level of value. Mm-hmm. And like your experience, you're not necessarily filling roles that get vacated or you're not necessarily hiring more staff. But certainly for those who are around and committed, you're finding actually that they're able to be more valuable and more committed and more fulfilled in the work that they are doing. Oh, absolutely. Right? So so there's a lot of value there. So let's talk about um, <clears throat> kind of the what behind this. What, what does someone need to think about or what should someone do if they want to get started down this path of offshoring, onshoring, automation? What do you think about that? Well, I, I think whether or not they decide to go down there, we need to just look within our industries. Mm-hmm. So for example, in uh, a lot of the industries, you just have to ask yourself, if I had more help, would it make my business better? Mm-hmm. If I gave you a virtual assistant, could you get more done in the day? Mm-hmm. If I automated this one aspect and what would that look like, would you get more done? Mm-hmm. I think that's where you start. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, I think it's a matter of understanding that, and this isn't like an aha moment, this is everyone's under cost pressure mm-hmm. in your own industry, wherever industry you're in. Um, we're under immense pressure from a wage perspective, especially right now, is a bit of a, a, a conundrum. Uh, supply chain costs, as we all know, with inflation at seven plus percent now again. Um, 
or I shouldn't say again, but for the first time in a very long time, um, we're talking to your point about effective ways to basically move your business processes from onshore to offshore or automation. And, and I, I think the first thing we need to do, though, is say, what are we designed to do? So let, right. let, let, let's, yeah. let, let, let's start with, let's say, a plumber. Yeah. A plumber does need to do some accounting, mm-hmm. but a plumber makes their money plumbing. Right. So if I could take off a plumber's shoulders two hours of bookkeeping a day so he could yeah. then have two more billable hours. Yeah. <clears throat> let's say you hire an off-site team member between 5 and $10 an hour. That costs him $20, but then he gets two more billable hours at 90 bucks an hour or whatever that is. Right. That's hey, you, he just won by a hundred and sixty dollars. Right. No, it, it's it's understanding what your value is. Absolutely, yeah. it's understanding what are we what, trying to do. Yeah. What are you trying to do? What um, either what can you do more of, and or in some cases, what are you doing to buy back some of your time? So mm-hmm. another example, I've worked in healthcare and with a lot of medical groups, and one of the big challenges is the burden that documentation has on providers, especially oh, yeah. in the evening. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot of efforts to begin to automate components of that documentation process. And in some cases, I think in many cases, the providers, they don't even care about billing more. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to be home with their families oh, by absolutely. 6 o'clock, you know, and be done for the night and actually survive to the next day versus getting back on and staying up to 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 trying to like document the previous day's work. Um, so I think it's just a matter of understanding what the value stream is and, and beginning to chip away at some of the biggest sort of most mundane pieces of it. You mm-hmm. know? And it just requires thought and effort and, and um, analysis, you know, hard work. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and do what we want to do. And, you know, our, our best areas, let's do it really, really well. Yeah. So why do we think this is a key time to be thinking about um, these challenges. Why does this matter for companies to be? I mean, other than the obvious of like they have to compete, but what? What? Why is this important? If someone's like want to puts their head in the sand, I don't want to think about automation. I don't want to think about offshoring. It's too much to think about, too much to manage. Why should they be thinking about it? Uh, well, in in my instance, um, our business would have gone out of business had we not dropped our labor costs. So there's a hey, there's a lion we need to be careful. If not, it will eat us. Mm-hmm. But also on the other things, I I would I like working 50 hours a week, not 80. Mm-hmm. And that really is what it comes down to. Automation and my off-site team members is giving me personally at least 30 hours a week that right. I'm spending coaching, spending with my four kids, working out with you. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. How yeah. about you? I mean, I think so. The... Um I think the other thing is, as we think about our employees, we need to give them the gift of fulfillment. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's the gift of investing in our people. And this is going to actually get into this in our next podcast, mm-hmm. employee experience. 
Um, <clears throat> so that's a little pre-ad for the next one. But um, it's, it's about trying to think through how do we actually help people work on the most important things not the most urgent things. Yes. Right. And every business is struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And leaders who need to step up and lead is this is a space where they can do that. And, and and there's probably many other ways they could help their teams do that. But one way to help their teams really work on the most fulfilling, most valuable, most important tasks is to find a way to offshore or automate the most urgent and mundane and repeatable, predictable tasks. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. And even sometimes it's not... Automating things is also, I, I will tell my team members at work, hey, let's not mouse around. What are the hotkeys on a computer? Mm-hmm. I, I've seen people manually enter data points into Microsoft Excel. I'm like, you know there's a button for that. And, oh, yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of brainless. Mm-hmm. But that's things, you know, whether it be Google or Microsoft, they have blessed us with using certain apps or can we can we learn our computers better yeah absolutely that's a form of automation right right so tell tell me back tell tell me more about your story uh in terms of how you got started and how you're making and even how many you're making progress then in 2022 especially with your offshoring business and your work you're doing there yeah and and one of the things um when we started with, we, we just started with one team member because I wanted to not blow everything up. And understandably, my team members, and a couple things, I call my team members team members, not employees. I call them offsite team members, not offshore employees. Mm-hmm. There's a big thing how do we talk about things? Mm-hmm. But second, and there is within our teams, and we can kind of work on this, but kind of not. There's, open versus fixed mindset. Someone who has a fixed mindset never wants to change. There's X amount and what gets moved offshore mm-hmm. or to a bot, they literally think it's never coming back. Or someone with an open mindset is like, well, great. Now I can spend an extra five hours with my kids. That's mm-hmm. an open mindset. Mm-hmm. And so with us, we literally just kind of started by wading into the water. We hired one, then two, then three. And then... I literally, when I hired my first three, I actually had three people leave my company. They were so worried, they quit, mm-hmm. which is ironic when you really think about it. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job, so I'm going to preemptively quit. I just want to like, oh, grasshopper, you have so much to learn. Especially because they could have gotten unemployment benefits. Well, that too. Not that you would have even, and you weren't going to let them go anyways. <laughs> and we never did. That was yeah, almost never. a full three years ago. We yeah. have yet to lay anyone off, and we're yeah. still hiring like crazy yeah yeah well and tell me more about your next version of that your next iteration of offshoring right aren't you beginning to think about or work with other people who started calling you or contacting you for insight feedback on? oh yeah and and it's one of those things uh you know people kept calling well like hey why, why would you do that why would you want to sit on hold for 45 minutes to the insurance company when you can have someone do that for you. Right, right. And they're like, oh, yeah. So what we ended up doing um, last year was we just we just started our own LLC. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was one of those things. It's kind of overwhelming to figure it out. But I had so many contacts in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we leaned really hard into them. We we're like, okay, give us your best team members. Yeah. And it has worked out really, really well. And actually, right now, I have somewhere between five and nine. Just wa- I'm waiting to find jobs for them. Mm-hmm. They've said, hey, sir. By the way, they're all so polite 
and gracious people. They're like, hey, sir, I have five more friends that want to come work for us. Mm-hmm. Now, they're coming to us because we treat them really, really well. We offer profit sharing and we pay them higher than what other people or uh, other companies are getting paid for. But for us, it's like, okay, let's let's find a better way to do things. Yeah. So I think... You know, I think one of the things we aim to do is help leaders along the journey. And if you're needing some guidance or some perspective on this, I think Eric can can guide some. I think it's funny, you, it's a good bridge we actually gave. It's like we planned it, but well, we didn't. But you said that insurance on hold example. It's, oh, it's funny. Exactly. I, I'm working with a client this very year who's actually testing converting that very task to a bot, right? Where mm-hmm. now you don't have to. You can actually call up a dozen or more insurance companies and sit on hold with all of them. And it automatically patches in the person who's supposed to take that call when they actually go to finally pick up the phone. Yeah. And, and we're working through some of the kinks of what that, how that works. If obviously if more than one picks up at a time, but we should just call them back later. But the, um, you know, <laughs> insurance company, who cares if you hang up on them? But um, there, there's a lot of ways we're attacking this, right? And so I think there's um, hopefully, you know, several, if p- people are thinking about this, they can help reach out and we can help with it. Yeah. And any, anything that I would, I would say, if it drives you crazy, ask the question, is there a way to do it better? Yeah, and either come it up, come up with the answer yourself, or typically, if it, if it's something may you know may I guarantee you someone else has already solved the problem. Well, and the other thing to think about too, I think that the how I think also backing up just a little bit too is the is the consulting hat that I put on is especially in twenty twenty two just checking all the boxes on okay have you refreshed your strategy mm-hmm. are you actually still focused on the right things right if it drives you crazy maybe you should stop doing it instead of just oh, absolutely. offshoring it or off- automating it. What are the market requirements? Like when's the mm-hmm. last time you actually talked to the market and verified the things the market wants is what you're actually delivering and where do you have potential gaps and or excess that you need to get rid of because mm-hmm. they're, you're not meeting the market requirements. Um, ch- look at your lines of business in, in relation to the shifting market needs and how you're delivering those. Then verify, you know, it, kind of people process technology, right? Then verify that you have the right processes and the right skill sets to deliver on what those market requirements are. And then you can overlay technology. And I think a technology is offshoring too, because you have to have some amount of technology to enable an offshore person to be able to. Oh, absolutely. Services. Absolutely. And so it's really about the market and then making sure you have the right people, the right processes, you know, and, and then you can figure out where to automate offshore um, thoughtfully, carefully, mm-hmm. um, culturally competent ways for your organization um, that are going to be successful. Yeah, and, and you're spot on right there. And I think where a lot of people have a hard time, and t- not typically your business leaders, because you don't get to be a business leader or an entrepreneur by doing what everyone else has done. That's no. what you're going to do. Just go get a job somewhere else, and that's fine. Yeah. But we're used to it. Mm-hmm. But I've also been working really, really hard. How do you bring your team along? And that that takes a lot of coaching. Right, right. Because <laughs> if, if you go in, hey, by the way, Johnny and you know Susie, I just outsourced your position. Well, you're in deep trouble now. Yeah. There's a very artful way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And we've had to learn that over time. And Yeah. Another recent example that comes to mind, too, is people think about that, if that's their concern, has been things like lean lean processing, mm-hmm. right? And there's whole lean teams now dedicated inside large institutions about how to lean the process down um, to something more valuable and efficient. And people were, oh, it's going to cost people jobs. In many cases, it didn't. No. So many organizations I've seen who work with lean, that's a very recent example, didn't. You're, you're allowing people to focus on the more valuable things and, and do more work, and the organization over time becomes more efficient, effective, and profitable. Um, 
or at least keeps up with the market, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? If, if, if nothing else, keeps their head above water. Because yeah. um, if you don't keep your head above water, right, the whole company's going to lose, right? And, oh, absolutely. Lose then everyone, then everyone's, everyone's gone. Gone. It's really fascinating. You know, when I hear about bots, everyone thinks bots can mean one of a number of different things. Oh, sure. well, we're in Yakima, Washington, a huge egg industry. I know there's multiple companies here in Yakima, mm-hmm. their job is to automate the fruit processing. There's mm-hmm. like every cherry that comes out, they take a picture of it and they automatically yank out the bad cherries and the good cherries. And mm-hmm. that's a form of automation. Mm-hmm. And there's engineering teams. They're just coming up with great ways of doing cherries or hops or apples. Right. So whether it's that or the Amazon or the medicals, if you can think about it, some brilliant engineers figuring it out. Well, and the other even, and if folks are really far along, I think that the next edge of this that I've been hearing about from some of my clients has been also not automating entire processes, but even beginning to have hybrid automation um, solutions that actually interplay between the bots and the people. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, okay, here's a process with seven repeatable steps, you might say, okay, here's um, a, a process that has seven steps. One and two are kind of hard and, and unpredictable. So a person is going to finish one and two. No matter what happens with one and two, three and four are always predictable. So those are going to be done by the bots. It's going to go back to the person for number five, back to the bot for number six, and back to the person for number seven. And you actually have this interplay between the bots and the humans. Absolutely. Very complex. But there's a lot of companies who are beginning to nibble around these edges. And it's proving early on to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And for the right processes and the right companies, very successful. And that's what we should do. And yeah. that's how we can get more and more and more done. That's right. That's right. Um, so where do we go from here? Where? Well, we talked automation, employees and team members. That's what's next. How do we take great care of them? And this is where I was kind of talking earlier. There's a philosophical thing. We're not saying, Hey, let's automate that and give pink slips out to everyone else. No, it's a good ethical company should be, okay, we're going to automate this. So then our team will be more profitable. Mm Mm-hmm. Profit sharing should go up, but then how do we better take care of our team members? Right, right. So next podcast, employee experience. We thought that would really oh, absolutely. dovetail well. Beanbag chairs and uh, foosball and <laughs> or or other things. We'll, we'll talk about It's just about like what a club. Like. It's a club for the employees, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening to our podcast on you know onshore, offshore bots, anything to become more productive. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, there's a way of you know coaching your team through that. From a consulting standpoint, there's there are a lot of things. Hey, this is what we can do to make and really help your business become more and more efficient. So uh, until next week, hey, go on, uh, go on to the consultantcoach.com. Check out Josh's latest. Uh, blog post on this or hey uh, reach out to us for a free uh, 15 minute consultation we'd love to talk to you about you know onshoring offshoring and pots so until next week all right take care everybody